Welcome to Dune in 10, our look into the books of Dune in roughly 10 minutes. In this installment, we'll be covering the book that started it all, Dune. The original Dune takes place 15 years after the events of Dune House Carino. We join the Atreides as they are in the process of moving their fiefdom from Caldan to Arrakis, replacing the Harkonnens as the leaders of the planet. Many would see this as a great gift to be given the planet from which all spice is derived, but Leto and his advisors know better. They know that the move is a trap, and they should expect treachery in the days to come. This is because, along with Leto's growing popularity in the Lancerad, Gurney Halleck and Duncan Idaho have trained a small group of soldiers to nearly the same skill as the Emperor's Sardaukar. This causes the Emperor to enlist with the Baron Harkonnen to lay out the trap that is Arrakis. When the Atreides arrive on Arrakis, they find the society there to be beaten from the oppression of the Harkonnens. Some of the Fremens elude that Leto's son may be the savior spoken about in their prophecies. Leto looks upon what he has given and states that on Caladan, they ruled with sea and air power, but here, they need desert power. The people of Arrakis, mainly the Fremen, are desert power. As Leto and his men prepare for the inevitable attack and assassination attempt on Paul is made, but Paul evades it. Also, in an attempt to gain an in with the Fremen, Duncan Idaho is given to the Fremen tribe with dual loyalty. First to Leto, second to the Fremen. It is at this time that Thufir discovers an implication that Jessica, Leto's concubine and Paul's mother, is a traitor and will betray them all. Leto doesn't believe this, but allows the rumor to gain strength, hoping that if his enemies think him distracted by it, they will get sloppy and show themselves. He only reveals that he hasn't lost faith in Jessica to Paul. Thufir, Duncan, and Gurney grow more and more suspicious of Jessica, leading to Jessica actually confronting Thufir about the accusations, a confrontation that only succeeds in making Thufir more suspicious of Jessica after he realizes how powerful she really is. Shortly thereafter, the trap is sprung and the attack begins. As plans set in motion, it is revealed to Leto that there is indeed a betrayal in the house, but it isn't Jessica. It's their sook, Dr. Yui. Yui drugs Leto, but as he's losing consciousness, explains how the Baron has his wife, and he does this to get her back, even though he suspects she is dead already. He also says that he has provided an escape for Jessica and Paul, so Leto need not worry about their safety. And lastly, he tells Leto that he's replaced one of his teeth with a poison gas capsule, and if he bites down on it and breathes out, he can kill those around him, hopefully the Baron included. Indeed, the Baron brings Leto and Yui to him, where he reveals that Yui's wife is dead, right before having Yui killed. As Leto is being questioned, he bites the poison gas tooth. The gas kills Leto and the Baron's twisted Mentat Pytar, but the Baron narrowly escapes. Meanwhile, Jessica and Paul awake to find themselves captured and being boarded onto a thopter to be dumped in the desert. They overwhelm their guards and hide out in the desert. They find a bag from Yui in the thopter with survival gear and a note explaining what he has done. That Leto is surely dead, and that Duncan should be coming for them shortly, at a prearranged space. As they wait in the desert, the concentration of spice begins to awaken in Paul his ability of prescience, to see the future. In these moments he sees who he is meant to be, and what possibilities of things to come there are. Surely enough, Duncan arrives with the Imperial planetologist Liet Kynes, who is also the secret leader of the Fremen. Liet offers them safety within the Fremen, but as they are finalizing this agreement, they are attacked. Duncan is killed, 
Liet is captured, and Paul and Jessica escape into a sandstorm in a thopter and are assumed dead. It should be mentioned that shortly after, Liet is left out on a pre-spiced mass in the desert and dies in the explosion. Paul and Jessica survive the crashing of their thopter and miraculously continue to survive as they journey in a direction Paul believes they will find Fremen. After several days and several close calls, they stumble upon a secret Fremen crop store and are taken captive by Stilgar and some of his Fremen. At first, the Fremen wonder if they are travelers that Liet had sent a message about and debate killing them for their water. In the end, it's Jessica and Paul's example of an extreme fighting style which the Fremen call the Weirding Way, which Jessica agrees to teach the Fremen and that ultimately buys them safety in the siege. At this point, we're going to take a moment to catch up with some of the other plots. The Emperor is not pleased that Leto died in the takeover of Arrakis. He wanted him handled, but not killed, which he feared would cause a political uproar. Because the Emperor's involvement was a secret, and he wants the Harkonnens there, he does not want to be forced to remove them due to the death of Leto. Fortunately for him, the tension blows over and the Baron promises more spice and bigger profits. Thufir Howard is captured by the Baron, who fosters the idea that Jessica was the traitor, and recruits him to be his mentat. Thufir isn't willing, but he's been poisoned by the Baron and must receive an antidote in his food, or he will die. Thufir helps the Baron to formulate a plan to have his nephew, the Beast Raban, squeeze the people of Arrakis into submission. Then, when the time is right, they can have the Baron's nephew and heir, Fade, take over and look like a survivor. This also gives the Baron a scapegoat in Raban if anything goes wrong on Arrakis. The Emperor is not pleased with how things are running on Arrakis, and begins planning to go to Arrakis himself, solve the problem caused by the locals, and use that as a reason to take the fife from the Harkonnens. Let's head back to Paul and Jessica now. Life with the Fremen is not an easy or simple one. Liet's daughter, Cheney, is charged with looking after Paul in the beginning, and he recognizes her from his visions, and knows of their love to come. Surely enough, their bond grows with fervor. In order to claim her place as the new Sayadina, Jessica is charged with changing the water of life, the poison derived from a dying maker. As she does so, guided by the dying Sayadina, she becomes a full-fledged reverend mother, and as she becomes awakened to the memories of her genetic past, so is her unborn daughter. This is unprecedented, but was unavoidable. As a result, her daughter, Alia, is pre-born, having her full consciousness before birth and all the memories of other women who came before her. This causes her to act full-grown while only a toddler. Two years pass and Paul has taken his place as a full-fledged man in the siege, having proven himself as a worm rider. He and Cheney have a son, Leto. Paul has become more and more of the messiah figure the Fremen originally saw him to be. Around this time, Gertie Halleck is captured by the Fremen, having been working as a smuggler on Arrakis. When reunited with Paul, he repledges himself to the Atreides. However, there is a small skirmish due to the fact that Gurney still believes Jessica betrayed them. Once this is rectified, Gurney takes his place by Paul's side. Paul realizes that he cannot truly lead with his prescience until he has passed the test of changing the water of life, and so he sneaks off to do so. No man has ever done this before, and there is no male equivalent to a reverend mother, but Paul is the Kuzak Haderach. He is found in a death-like state, and Jessica and Cheney are called to his side. Cheney recognizes the state he is in and succeeds in waking him. Now Paul is a fully awakened Kuzak Haderach. He sees the many paths of the future because he sees the past. It is in this time that the Emperor makes his move for Arrakis. He brings legions of his Sardaukar and lands in Arrakeen. 
There are representatives and armed forces from all the major houses in orbit, hoping to offer a hand to the Emperor so that they may win favor and the fiefdom of Arrakis in the process. The Emperor sends a force out to attempt to hamper the Fremen problem. In doing so, Paul's son Leto is killed and Alia is captured. Paul and his Fremen forces begin putting in motion a plan to take Arakin. Alia is taken to the Emperor's court. It is here that she reveals the Baron is her grandfather and that Paul is coming. As Paul's attack begins, Alia kills the Baron with a Gamjabar. Paul and the Fremen use the cover of a sandstorm to blow a hole in the shield wall rock formation around Arakin and ride sandworms in. The Fremen quickly take over the city, defeating both Harkonnen and Carino forces. Paul takes his place in the keep and offers open negotiations with the Emperor for peace. Once all parties have arrived, Paul reveals that he has the water of life ready to be poured over several pre-spice masses, which will disrupt and destroy all spice production. If they don't do as he says, he will order the water of life poured. The Emperor protests but is powerless. Phaedrutha... Now the Baron of House Harkonnen challenges Paul and Kangli to a fight to the death. Paul doesn't need to accept, but does so because he sees this as a turning point in all possible futures that he cannot predict the outcome for. It is a close battle, but Paul slays Fade. At this point, the Emperor orders Thufir to kill Paul, but Thufir kills himself, knowing the poison would have killed him anyway now that the Baron is dead, and saying that he'd never betray the Atreides. With no power left, the Emperor has no choice but to let Paul marry his daughter Irulan and pass the crown to him. It's the only amicable way to end things without dying himself. The Emperor is banished to Seleucus Secundus. Paul takes the throne, moving the capital to Arrakis, and gives direct reign of the planet to the Fremen, with Stilgar as their leader. Gurney Halleck is given the fiefdom of Caladan, and Jessica joins him there. And that brings us to the end of Dune. Make sure to check out our main episode of Dune, where we discuss our many thoughts on the book, and look out for our listener feedback show for Dune, where we'll discuss your comments and much more. Remember, you can send your comments to us via email at dunesagapodcast at gmail.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash dunesagapodcast, or by calling them into our voicemail number located above the calendar at dunesagapodcast.com. So once again, for the Dune Saga Podcast, I'm David Bolton, and may Shai Halud clear the path before you.